Nick Cage is gonna be in a movie about Nick Cage trying to get cast in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. meta Nick Cage ever possible. Which is kind of funny because like they've been just amping up the Nick Cage-ness. But like in the middle of the night, you think when he's sitting there as Nick Cage, he goes, I don't know how much more Nick Cage I can possibly give the world. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he, he has to keep taking it to another level. And like at some point, the guy's got to burn out, right? I mean, Well, uh, you know, he's still got those islands to pay for. <laughs> oh, shit. And then... Uh, Ben Affleck's joining in the bandwagon to release the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and then they said... Alright. They said also, Harley Quinn's backstory is being expanded in this movie called Birds of Prey, but not necessarily in Suicide Squad 2, but in Suicide Squad 2, they're supposed to be using a bunch of practical special effects as opposed to CGI, which I can appreciate, because if in world building, if you can actually build parts of the world... Or the characters that comprise, like, compose your movie. It's all it's always better. But then again, like, you can't build a bunch of planets. Like in Star Wars, obviously the planets are CGI. But mm. um, speaking of Star Wars, Disney Plus. I guess one of the main reasons to get that thing is this show called The Mandalorian, which has a baby Yoda. It's not the same Yoda, but nobody knows what to call the species that Yoda is from because the original mm. Star Wars only created one Yoda, and he was a puppet. And they never established what... I don't think Star Wars ever established what world he's from. And there's a female Yoda, but I don't think she's in the canon anymore. But now the Mandalorian has, like, a baby Yoda. And since the Mandalorian takes place after Return of the Jedi... Um, I think Yoda died in, like, Empire Strikes Back, but... Um, yeah. So it's clearly not the same Yoda. Unless the dude gets reincarnated. I don't know. But that's what everybody's talking about. They're also talking about how... Disney loaded up a bunch of their old vaulted uh, older shit. The older shit that really bugs gets under people's skin because they think it's racist or whatever. So I don't know if you heard about this. Like, all the old stuff is, like, included in the Disney Plus. So people mm. are like, oh, shit. Like, they can't handle the old cartoons, you know? Well, that's uh, they did, but not everything. Like, there's... Um... Oh, is Song of the South still not included? Well, yeah, well, that everybody knew that, but, oh, that's like... that's in the new tier. It's, like, Disney Plus Plus to get that. <laughs> um, but, like, but they've put warnings on stuff. Like, I think they pointed out on Dumbo, the release of Dumbo, they put a warning on there that, like, some of these don't... Ref uh, some of these things don't reflect blah, blah, blah today because of the crows. So, oh. all, they, all they've done is release the old cartoons that were already out there to begin with, and even then, they've still, like, they've held on Song of the South. They held off on some of the Disney wartime cartoons, sure. like with Donald Duck. Oh. Um, then I so, heard, like, um, they loaded cartoons, like, out of, chrono out of, like, airing order or something? Like, um, well, people are excited that it included Disney's gargoyles, and it includes, like, the gummy bears and all that, but um, I guess, like, they 
didn't include some episodes of The Simpsons, and they loaded them out of order. So I don't know. They said some of the things are screwed up. Well, for instance, the one um, the one episode of The Simpsons, I think in the third season, that had Michael Jackson, oh, they've cut. But, but in all fairness, they started doing that off of TV uh, in the last year because of all the stuff with Michael Jackson. Uh, were so. they just like, oh, they're just like, it's going to be a PR nightmare if we include this in our content, so let's just get rid of it? Pretty much. I mean, they, they already started doing that on uh, just uh, TV. I mean, stopped airing it in reruns, so it's not a surprise. But I guess uh, some other shows like X-Men and a few other things were shown out of order. Oh, yeah, some... which is weird, because the X-Men cartoon, like, you kind of have to watch it in order, because every story is like a three-parter. It's like right. three or four episodes in chronological order that tells like a whole cartoon story for that show. So it's not made to just watch sporadically, you know? So, well, the other thing is, is like going back to the Simpsons. Uh, the other thing they really screwed up on is they only put the episodes for, um, widescreen TVs and not the original box square that when it was aired, but, and, um, the problem people are fighting with it is it's cutting off jokes. Like the one example they've put online is there's an episode where Homer goes to the Duff factory, and they show like Duff, uh, Duff Light, regular Duff, and Duff Dry, and you see that it's all coming from the same tube. But in the new widescreen version, it like cuts it off, so you don't even see the joke. Oh, that's weird. So there's like shit like that where Disney's, you know, uh, but they said they're gonna fix that in the next year. Uh, then I saw something about like a camera format. It's not um, necessarily Disney Plus, but. I saw, like, Netflix was, like, conforming to one camera format called HDR. Uh-huh. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know what that is. I mean, I obviously, like, HD stands for high definition, but what, what does the R stand for? Raw? Like, it's high, raw? It's high dynamic range. Um, but you have to have, like, a new 4K TV to even take advantage of that. Oh, I see. Okay, so they're just going, like, 4K out the window. Or, I mean, they're just going, like, they're just maximizing 4K's potential or whatever. I guess. Yeah, pretty much. All right, well... Um, so, feel-good movies. So these are movies that make you feel good. It should be... A litmus test for these movies would be anything that makes you feel good as you watch it, or it's a movie you grab that when you're down and out or you're just having like a bad day, you just like grab this movie off the shelf and you're going to watch it. Right. Um, you know what's not making me feel good? is a TV show called Rick and Morty. It's new season. It's two episodes <laughs> into a... A season that's only going to have five episodes, and I'm not digging it so far. I have a lot of complaints about these uh, these new Rick and Mortys that are coming out. So what? Well, I haven't seen the second one yet, but because oh, uh, well, it, aired, it aired tonight. Well, well, it hasn't aired on my. You're, you're three hours in the future to me. <laughs> oh dang! I'm in the future. Dave's in the past. So you must have watched it right before this. Well, it's not I... make you feel good. I did watch it. I watched it like a half hour ago. Um, I I I like I so I can't speak for the second episode. I like the first episode. It gave me what I wanted. Oh, I had it laughs. Like, it was like the kitchen sink of Rick and Morty. The first episode of Rick and Morty season four is like it's there was too much going on, literally too much. Um, no, I I dug it. I without clear direction. I, I just feel like I feel like they're almost like this show is almost too successful. I think it has like that. The, that's what's happening. It's like the phenomenon of having like too many people paying attention to it now. You know. Like, they used to kind of operate maybe under the radar. You know what I mean? It's just a little cartoon of mm. Adult Swim, and they were just doing whatever. But now I think, like, there's too many eyes looking at them, and maybe that's going to affect their storytelling. But 
and we'll see. Maybe. You know, there's three episodes left to, to change my mind, but since Rick and Morty's making me feel like crap, I guess I'll have to move on to the next feel-good movie in this series. <laughs> this one's a Dave pick. Dangerous pulled this out of his catacombs, and I'll let Dave uh, pitch it to you guys. <clears throat> well, uh chose the... Uh, 1993 uh, high school, but I just realized both of my movies are high school, and both of your movies have a theme. But we can talk about that on your episode. Oh. <laughs> um, no, Days 1993, Days to Confuse. This is the movie that if uh, anybody ever twists my arm and asks me my favorite all-time movie, it's this one. Um, this is like the first movie that I watched and I fell in love with that wasn't a Disney cartoon or Jurassic Park. Um. Very simple storytelling. Um, it's basically uh, a rem- I mean, um, a, a different version of like uh, American Graffiti, although I hadn't seen it at that time, so I didn't have that to compare it to. Um, yeah, it's just like it's the last day of high school, in 1976, in uh, Texas town. Um, you know, it's just a story of a group of people, like you know, like I said, last day of high school, hanging out, getting high, drinking beer, trying to figure out where the next party is. Um, you know, it's got a great. It's it's one of those movies that um, was, uh, you know, most of the actors went on to be somebody big. You mentioned Ben Affleck earlier. Ben Affleck's in this as the uh, kind of the protagonist. You know, if there's a or not a protagonist, the antagonist. If you're going to have one for this movie, yeah, uh, because uh, they have a high school tradition where uh, the uh, freshmen from or the eighth graders from high uh, middle school turn into freshmen on the last day. The uh, guys turning into seniors uh, go and paddle them as a high school initiation. Uh, yeah, geez, but... you're really butchering this one, Dave. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> all the middle schoolers <laughs> that are going to become freshmen the following year get hazed in, and right. the boys paddle the other boys, and the girls do this weird thing with bacon and food in the, in the parking lot. Of <laughs> they, like, yeah, they, uh, they put the, the, the girls yeah. through the ringer and you know, throw shit at them. Two groups of kids. There's... The next freshman year, and then there's the seniors that are leaving high school, and it's like the last summer or year or whatever. And then all these collective of kids that aren't really in the same circles all end up at the same party and then kind of intermingle and mix with each other. And as Dave said, there's some faces that pop up. You got a young Ben Affleck, you got Matthew McConaughey, who was a student at University of Texas, got drunk mm-hmm. at a bar, met the casting director, ended up in the fucking movie. Well, it's only supposed to be in the movie, like, one or two scenes, because he's really just the dealer that gets them the beer and the drugs and whatever else, but then ends up at the parties with all of them and, like, inspires one of the other kids to get his shit together and, like, impress this other girl who's, like, a, a sophomore. So there is a little bit of, like, a mix, like I said, of all these kids in different age ranges. And then the only other subplot is the football player who's supposed to sign an anti-drug commitment yeah. for the football team or whatever, and he's, like, the biggest pothead in the whole movie, so... Um, well, he's got his morals, you know. Yeah, he doesn't then, want to sign off on it. Yeah, um, and they're supposed to have a party at their one friend's house who got a keg, and then he gets in trouble with his parents, so then they got to move the party. And it's Richard Linkletter, so I guess we should probably yeah. tell people that. And then, uh, obviously, like he, I think he's from Austin, so he always goes back to Texas in his movies, but Dave mentioned American Graffiti, which is just, like, kids in high school hanging out at, like, the, the teeny bopper hamburger joints and then driving cruising around the boulevards in their cars like on the sunset strip and that's um george lucas of all people but it has it has ron howard and has um what's his name who's in jaws uh richard, richard dreyfus yeah <clears throat> they're like the two main kids and dragging around 
doing drag races at, like the Los Angeles River, which is just basically a canal with no water. Um, but uh, this, I was reading that, like if you want trivia, I, I read that Linklater originally planned the movie to take place in the cars. Like the whole movie, that two guys, the two friends or whatever, the main friends, will just be cruising around in their cars talking about music and stuff like that. And then like I saw, they, the movie spent a lot of money trying to get like a music catalog together like the soundtrack is like almost more important than like what the kids are doing yeah well i know he had to fight him on that because um they re- the studio wanted him to do have new bands do covers of 70 songs ah. for the whole soundtrack and he fought to say no no play the original songs uh play the original versions and he ended up getting his way and kind of proved him right because the soundtrack sold a ton of uh copies when he still went out and bought cds <laughs> and um I'm trying to figure out which. Uh, oh, it's a Led Zeppelin song. The name of the movie is actually a Led Zeppelin song, but he actually couldn't get their song in the yeah. movie. But that's the name of the movie, which is funny. But couldn't get that <laughs> well, soundtrack. Led Zeppelin is kind of notorious for um, not lending out their music to movies. Um, they've kind of softened on that lately because, I mean, how they used it in one of the Thor movies, but for years. You either paid up the nose or Led Zeppelin wouldn't let you use their songs. Huh. Interesting. But, but yeah, um, um, talking about familiar faces, let's see, who else is in there besides Matthew McConaughey? Um, uh, Mila Jovovich. Um, uh, Jason London, right? One of the London brothers. Yeah, one of the London brothers. Um, Anthony Rapp, who's on that latest Star Trek yeah. Discovery show, and also the one with Kevin Spacey, but we don't need to go into that. And who's the guy uh, gets the shit kicked out of him, but he thinks he's going to be able to beat up the bully? Who is? Oh, that, that is um, Adam, Adam Goldberg. Yeah, Adam, Adam Goldberg. Goldberg. He's in a couple of things. People will probably recognize him. So, yeah. So, that's basically how the friends break down. There's the senior jocks. There's the senior cool girls. There's a sophomore girl. There's a freshman girl and a freshman guy who have, like, their own little side stories as they get indoctrinated. Because basically what's funny is yeah. the popular seniors take one boy and one girl and kind of absorb them into their group. And then you kind of see, like... Take them under their wing, yeah. Yeah, you see, like, their experiences with, with the the existing popular group. And then there's, like, the burnouts, which Mia Jovovich is one of those. Yeah. And there's a guy from Empire Records in here, right? Isn't he the guy who's telling the story about George Washington being a pothead? Yeah, yeah. He's a he's the biggest burnout. That's a Slater. Yeah, and he yeah. he's a recognizable face. I don't remember his name, but he he's another one that like people probably recognize from other movies. Uh, Rory Cochran. Uh, yeah. He's so he, he's kind of like popped up in the last five years a lot lately. It seems. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. And so anyway, all these little. I guess I guess by the end of the movie they're all friends. I mean they all end up like getting high in a football field. Then they're at this party. Ooh, party at the Moon Tower. Man. Moon Tower, yeah. Moon Tower, like which is like a water tower literally, and a field. Um, yeah, and then, so they go and party and become friends with each other. And then it's just like hanging out with teenagers. And they were saying like it's not high stakes like a John Hughes movie, right? No, that's why it's kind of hard when going over the plot because the plot is is secondary there it's it's really a just character study or a hangout movie Hmm. um so i mean you know when talking about plot i mean there's very a very loose one um it's just full of great moments um you know uh you know we talk about feel-good movies i mean my uh, i put this on this morning um i haven't watched it probably a few years and 
it's one of those movies when I watch it, I'm like, why don't I watch this more often? It's one of the movies I used to watch a lot when I was younger and I hadn't, you know, don't watch it quite as often as I used to. But I mean, I can quote it. I'm talking along with it. I'm singing with the songs. Like for me, this is the definition of a feel good movie. I can tell if I have a bad day, if I throw this on, I'm going to feel pretty good again. <laughs> you know, I just had a smile on my face the whole time watching it. So if you match it with food, you have to go with like Austin style barbecue, like a brisket, or do you just go with like burgers and fries or pizza, like teenage food? You know what I well, mean? Is it like a Wendy's five dollar special or something? Like what is, what is the? Food? Gonna, uh, sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, that's good. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say you know I'm gonna go along with the movie, have like a jalapeno burger and fries. Oh, true. you know. Does that happen in the movie? It's yeah, they go hang out at a drive-in, like a local drive-in uh, burger joint where you get food delivered so and they eating jalapeno burgers so yeah, you're right so like having the dry having a food place in this is kind of straight up like it is like basically it's like it is american graffiti in a way just for like a different generation or whatever but uh, yeah I, I was reading online that people who like were teens in the 70s like link letters generation or whatever said that this movie kind of feels like right at home like this actually um seems like the experiences that they had I was like, oh, that's pretty unique, I guess, if a movie could even touch into any of that nostalgia for them, you know? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for, like, uh, I think it's going to happen one day, but I don't think they've made, like, the American Graffiti or Days Confused of, like, the late 90s, early 2000s yet. <laughs> the oh, nostalgia wow. piece. Wow. Um, that's funny. Uh, some of my stories have things like that, like things that I remember from when we were, like, in high school, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, uh, you know, they hang out at the Moon Tower. I don't know. It seems like small towns. Like, I grew up, uh, there's a place where I grew up called Rainbow Bait, or, no, that was, there's a couple places, but we used to hang out at a place called um, Sawtooth Canyon, where that was just a local, like, uh, start a bonfire, get drunk kind of uh, high school area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm always fascinated when you, especially in small towns, like where the local hang, hangout spot is. Not that I want to go do it, but like it seems like every small town has like a place that all the teenagers know you go drink and hang out at. Um, yeah, totally. Totally. So and and you know it's kind of funny. Like I watched this movie. This movie. Let's see. I watched this probably when I was like ten or eleven when it came out in video. So I was younger than the characters in it, and now I'm like older than the characters in it and it's just kind of you I know i probably watched it when i was 17 i was definitely in high school when i saw this movie <laughs> yeah so you know it's kind of weird for me because i watched this movie when i was younger than the characters and now i've come to being a lot older than the characters in the movie because huh. uh, i grew up with this one i mean this is uh for me a classic um hmm. classic huh I mean, it's got, and it's, uh, the soundtrack is great. I mean, it's full of, like, you know, 70s, just kind of rock songs of the era. Well, well ZZ Top. And... Everybody has, like, hot rods or. Well, yeah, that was, that was still amongst the hot rod generation where, you know, everybody had muscle cars and shit. Um... Clint's a total fucking asshole. <laughs> Dominant male monkey motherfucker. <laughs> this movie is just so quotable. The and again. Yeah. He's, he's really not like he he's like machismo but he's not like he's not like a like a a psychopath like an Affleck like all his only motivation in the movie is to like literally spank somebody's ass with a wooden paddle and he falls yeah. and he stalks that guy through the whole movie 
Well, sure. on top of it, they even said he was a dumbass. Like, he was a senior that year, but he flunked. So <laughs> he's going to be a senior again. So the the joke is that he's uh, he flunked twice just so he can be an asshole two years in a row. Man. <laughs> so, okay, so you're watching this movie. You could be eating a hamburger if you watch it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people watch it and get stoned when they watch it. Yeah. They're part of that whole culture. And then... Uh, um, after it's over, David, like, what kind of feeling does it give you? Like, what would, like, what did you want to do after you watch this movie again? Like, did you get, like, did you feel like you could conquer the world? Did you want to get up and run around with a bunch of energy? Did you want to get high? I mean, like, what, like, what is the movie? What kind of state of mind does it put you in? Um, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of made me feel warm and fuzzy, like a warm blanket. Like I said, this is a movie I watched a lot when I was younger. And it's just the familiarness of it, the comfort of it. It's like the definition of, I mean, I it felt good, good and it's a comfort food movie. Like yeah. I just felt so that, so that's comfortable it watching it's it. Just, so it's just something that puts you in a good place by the time you're done watching it, right? Like it's just like a yeah. thing. Okay. I mean, there's there's so many movies. I mean, there's, there's a ton more movies we could do for this list, but some of them we've already covered. I mean, I could say Groundhog Day could be one of those movies, but, you know, we did a commentary on that. Um so I mean, it's you know, it's just something that makes you feel good watching it. It's it's nostalgia. It's comfort food. See, that's know. funny. Isn't it so weird how like strict my mind is with movies? Like you said, like Groundhog Day could be a feel good movie, and I'm like, oh no, that's a philosophical movie. Or a time. It's that too. Movie. And like I put, like I have like these locked bins inside my head of like where movies go and these little subgenres, right? And, and like, and I don't mix them. It's kind of funny. I mean, you know, I, you know, it's also kind of hard. I mean, there's the definition of what a feel-good movie is. Like, um, I don't know, like, think of, I, mean, I guess because I'm thinking of Thanksgiving right now, but, like, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is another feel-good oh, well, movie. See, okay. Um, but it's the, also, you know. That's um, the ultimate. You know, it's also a great comedy. It's yeah, also, yeah. you know, I, I think it's that, a road trip movie. It's, well, yeah, you're right. But I think that's, like, the ultimate feel-good movie. And I was, like, avoiding, like, covering it because – it always ends up on our holiday playlist movies. So we've literally Hello? talked about that movie like the last two years in a row. You cut and out. We've talked about it at least like five times. Um, so Hello? we're trying to like, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. Binge Watchers is like about like all the good movies, you know? Like, um, but I'm trying to keep the variety going, you know? <laughs> like, let's talk about the same 10 movies Hello? over and over again. But who knows, you know? Whoa, yeah. you just like cut out for a really long time on my end. Oh, really? You didn't hear me? I was still talking. <laughs> you probably saying, had, like, this great philosophical thing you just said, and I had didn't catch a word of it. Oh, all I was saying to you and everybody listening was, um, we talk about planes, trains, and automobiles, like, every year, and I think it's a great movie. To me, it's probably, like, the ultimate feel-good movie of all time, but we've talked about it so much, I was trying to, like, change it up with a variety, and also, that movie always finds itself on the holiday playlist episodes that we've done. So, like, literally, like, the last two years in a row about this time of the year we've we've talked about that movie you know what i mean yeah so i was like okay let me see what else we can we can squeeze into this feel good category and honestly like i i hope people like actually revisit like son-in-law like imagine if there were if you go like okay if you were i wish netflix did this like i i was thinking about like or anything anything you know how like you can set up a queue and so you have, like, a playlist, and then, like, your queue mm -hmm. plays. But usually if you're, like, watching an episode of The Office, it plays the next episode. If you're watching right. a series on anything, I think Prime does that, too. Like, if you're watching episode one, it plays episode two. What I'd like to see 
is like a service that allows you to like set a playlist. Like, oh, I want to watch this now, and then I want to watch this, and then I want to watch that, and I want to watch this. Because you could easily go for a two-for-one. You can watch Son-in-Law and Days of Confused in the same night. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see, like, the good old days where you walk into a video store and you're renting, like, two-for-one or two-for-49 cents. And you grab this one and you grab that one. Or, like, oh, you got enough points. Son-in-Law's free because you rented this movie. And then I'd like to see more people watch Son-in-Law as a feel-good movie. You know what I mean? And I'm sure I'm sure they're going to listen to you and they're going to watch Days of Confused. It's almost guaranteed. Like, people are going to be like, oh, Matthew McConaughey is one of his first movies? Like, I haven't seen this. Let's dig this up, you know? There's going right. to be quite a few people that know what it is. I'm pretty sure, like, some diehard binge watchers out there, they're going to know exactly what it is. But then somebody might stumble upon this podcast and be like, what are they talking about? And then they Google it, and then next thing you know, they're, they're, uh, they're watching it. Or they can click our links, because I'm going to be nice, and put a link in there. And they can go rent or watch Daisy Confused by clicking it, and then they got it. And then they're done. They're done. And they're on to like their Daisy Confused experience. Other than that, whatever makes you feel good, let us know. Probably things that they do in the middle of the night on the internet are probably not like just watching a comfortable little movie. There's probably more <laughs> dangerous things that they do, dangerous. Like on the dark web? <laughs>